Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, regular listeners, you may have spotted that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions. So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner. Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our old title anymore. It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sarit Becker. I'm Itamar Srulovich. Together we run a couple of Middle Eastern restaurants in London. And we also do our fair share of food writing. You're listening to Honey and Co. Where we take turns interviewing interesting people from the world of food in front of a small audience at our deli, Honey and Spice. In this series, we'll be meeting producers and makers who create some of the essential ingredients in cooking. The people you're going to hear from supply us, inspire us, improve our cooking and our life in general. We hope you enjoy and have fun geeking out with us about all things food. Enjoy. Enjoy. We've been buying Martin and Maggie's olive oil, Mother's Garden, for two years now. We just absolutely love the freshness and the care that goes into making it. We have learned about priorat and growing olives. We have learned about the concept of time and table. We have learned about the special olives that they grow and how to treat them and how to buy and choose olive oil. We hope you enjoy listening. Maybe the, the, the one single thing that we use the most, certainly in our kitchen, in our life, and I think in so many of our kitchens right now. And it's such a... You know, such a big, almost cultural thing, olive oil. And we do know so little about it and about how to, you know, how it grows, how, how olives grow, how it is made, where it is made. We're so far removed from the source that it was really enjoyable for us to bring that to the fore. And especially with these wonderful people, we have Martin Kirby with us. We have Maggie his wife at the back. I don't know if, if it's like that for you guys, but I'm always the, you know, my wife always pushes me forward and I talk, talk, talk. And she comes out as like the me quiet one, which she isn't at all, you know. She is always the silent one. I don't know if that's the dynamic here. Well, I'm... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I feel that, that we will find out later. Yes, we're joined by the wonderful Martin Kirby and Maggie from Mother's Garden Olive Oil. They have moved back in uh, 2000. They moved from Norfolk. Martin was a newspaper editor, and they had this dream of, you know, moving and uh, going back to the land. I think it's a dream that we all had. Join me in welcoming Martin and Maggie here. Yay! You had this dream 20 years ago of living in, in sunnier climes or, you know, to leave Norfolk and go and do... Yeah, yes, we did. We 
we wanted to find something, actually an ingredient, I suppose, it was time. Maggie grew up on a farm. I grew up free-ranging in the countryside doing naughty things, acquiring apples, not doing anything yeah, constructive. Running through wheat fields. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> I, crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy. I was naughty, but no, I grew up in the wild, literally. I was pretty um, free. So, Maggie grew up on her farm. Then life rolls on, you have careers, you do things. And then we had children of our own. And we wanted to give them that, but we could not actually figure out how. It was very difficult. And I had a newspaper career, yes, I was writing. Um, Maggie had been in classical music, but time we did not have. And it all came down to two or three things. Uh, One, fundamentally, was... um, I was working, uh, we had a three-year-old, her name was Ella, she's now 23 and she's standing at the back. Hi, Ella. Hey. And Ella, Ella said something to me, she asked me a question in one of those brief times when I was around because I was putting a newspaper to bed every night, that meant I came home at 1am, 2am, 3am, didn't know. And she said to me, she asked a question, she said, Dad, Daddy, do, do all horses have cowboys? And, and I thought, hang on a minute. What am I missing here? What, all of these gems that come out of young children. And, and at the time was flying. I'm glad we acted on our instincts. We have been so lucky. A lot of us, we suddenly have this idea of, you know, go, getting away from the rat race and go somewhere sunny and have, you know, very idyllic life of, of, a, of a farmer and be at one with the land and the sea. Mm. But, you know, in my head, at least, the minute you drill down the detail, it's quite scary and actually you can quite quickly see that the dream is not the reality how how, how was it like for you when when you moved well I I have to be honest we have been blessed with phenomenal support from family from the Whitmans and the Kirby's being there when we needed hands on deck phenomenal friends actually some of whom in this room now um, who have come. I have to be careful describing the farm because I know at least five people yeah, in this room tell, tell who, us a little bit about who it. know it well. Well, it's a, it's a happy muddle. It's a patchwork of olives, absolutely. But we also have a small vineyard. We have almonds, another amazing superfood, a topic for another day if you can find someone to talk about those. Uh, we have fruit trees. We have wild woodland. And the nature is a huge part of this earthing yourself you know and being able to literally stand and be and look because we're human beings just soak it in and 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 appreciate the space where you are but toil absolutely you have to work very hard there was a thing that happened actually which was we didn't go because we were in pursuit of olive trees and olive oil we went for this time and table we can talk about that but uh, and why food is so important but literally switch everything off and be around a kitchen table like Maggie remembers from childhood to give our children that time, our time, not to be absent. There was a mountain of work though. You don't go and just switch off, you have to switch on. And we had to learn language. My Spanish is really not good. My Catalan is hilarious, Um, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you have to learn that. But then we had to learn to farm. The first three years, however, we literally did nothing but grow vegetables. We hadn't got a clue about what we were going to do in earn, earning an income. We wanted to get back to the earth and to, to grow our children and grow our food as much as we could. By sheer f- good fortune, we found ourselves in a wonderful community among amazing people 
where food and family are at the heart of everything. We did our first olive harvest before we moved because it was the first harvest coming up. We'd acquired the farm in the September. We were going to move in the January. Don't ever move in, in the January. And we had to harvest. Here's a fact. Olive harvest, November. It's not a summer fruit. It's a November harvest, fact number one. So we flew out and did our harvest. And we thought, whoa, this is really good. But we thought, wrongly, that our main income from the farm would be the vineyard. And we so toiled. The olives were just right. The olives were essential. No, the olives were essential, and we immediately went into a mini cooperative with four neighbours and had our own wonderful, wonderful olive oil for ourselves, for our family, for our friends. We gave it away. We just wanted it as the heart of our diet. We tried to sell grapes. We did sell grapes, and we got a pittance, and it wasn't enough, and it was far more tortuous actually backbreaking so the attention rapidly turned to the actually it was driven by uh some of the people in this room uh who said well what we want excuse me um where can we get we want this all the time and by sheer fluke we found ourselves in a location where the climate the terrain the variety arbequina is an extraordinarily wonderful olive with a fascinating history and it works in that climate in that terrain the quality is amazing and we learn from our neighbours from our cattle and farming neighbours tell, tell us a little bit about the olive farmer's year how, how does your year look like what does your year look like pruning now yeah. we'll care through the year make sure that uh, the trees are there is a big period where we turn our attention to other trees on the farm. Yeah, so but then, they give you a little bit of a rest. Oh, they do. The, they do. Yeah. They really do. And then we worry through the summer because the fruit's forming very soon. You wonder if we're going to have a crop. An olive tree will fruit on the second year's growth. The new growth is already forming, but for the following year. And yeah. We pruned very hard last year. This year I'm doing a light prune. I hope we get more crop in November. We have one pony, La Petita. She provides us with something, and we give that to our olive trees um, before the rains of, of April. So she has, a, yeah, she has a big job. Weather will have a bearing on olive oil. It, oil is a bit of a misnomer for us. It's a fruit juice. It is in a very real sense. It's, it's a smoothie. Well, yeah, if yeah. you think about it, yeah, it is. We harvest in the first or second week of November. Okay. In November, before the first frost. This is another bearing on the oil. If you harvest late and it's riper, then it will change the oil, it's softer. We tend, we always pick at the earliest opportunity where we've got about 50% green, 25% on the turn and 25% quite dark. So it's got more vibrancy, more punch to it really. You need to pick and press as rapidly as you possibly can. But for us, Harvest is also a bit of a festival time. Yeah. If you've ever picked grapes, it's graft. You're bent, you're working hard, you can cut yourself. And also, For us, harvesting olives is with friends, gathering around the trees. We lay nets, we use claws, or I don't like, even like the claw, I use my hands. From the nets, in, gently into a bucket. Not into a sack, because the pressure will start to break 
the skins and everything else, into crates to the mill, press it. I'm the farmer's husband, you know that. I'm, I'm, I'm here under false pretenses. <laughs> the farmer's over there, Maggie. She's been for 15 you years... You can say the farmer's spokesperson. Okay. Yeah, why not? Hello. <laughs> Thank you. So Maggie's been a member of the village cooperative for 15 years, and it's a family. And I said, I think, at the outset, it's a landscape of cooperation. And the villages are alive with young people and old people working together the land in a cooperative way. Now, when we pick, we take it to our cooperative and people are picking at the same moment, that is the oil that we can have because we cannot produce enough and we found a way. Basically, it's picked. You take it to the mill. It goes through a washer. They just wash them just to make absolutely sure they're, they're fine. They go through a hammer, which breaks the skin. They then go in to a kneader, which is a big turning. It's very slow, but it turns it into a paste, basically. It then goes into a very... They, it sounds very romantic. It's called a decanter. or well, it's a centrifuge. It's going... And it's separating out the pulp. That's discarded, not thrown away. I'll come back to that. And then the liquid is separated, water from, from the oil. All done at no heat required, nothing. It's just a natural way of dealing with it. But that water goes down the drain. We have sent that water to scientists in Canada, actually. They requested it to analyse it. And it's full of goodness and, and the polyphenols and the nutri nutrients of the oil itself. And so the water shouldn't, should be used in some form. The mill actually recycles everything. Yeah. Maybe I should have mentioned this earlier, but this oil is, is one of the most special things I've ever tried in my life. It's, it's such a beautifully crafted, delicious, delicious product that just makes everything it comes into contact with so much better. And th this is kind of one of the qualities of this particular oil of the albacena, that it kind of gives food a little lift it's I, very I, good for it does yeah. it does as well it's absolutely right because so olives are it's a lot like wine you know you, the, hmm. the type of olive that you use will have a distinct flavor and the the terroir what the winemaker call and then some growers will blend different kinds and some will keep it pure but it's really hard to there has been a lot of coverage in the media and and a lot said about olive oil and potential fraud. And where do you begin? Where do you begin to look for something you can trust? You need to look for certain elements when you're looking for olive oil. And don't compromise. At Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To mention the fact it's a fruit juice. Yeah. That's what it is. I like fresh vegetables, fresh meat. I like fresh food. Fresh means it's going to retain all the goodness. And yet, with olive oil, it's very hard to source a fresh one. You can never be sure. Best before is not enough information. If you know where it comes from, 100% provenance, you've ticked one of the three boxes. If you know it's 100% unblended and 100% extra virgin, because they are blended, then you're at tick number two. But you need to know it's fresh. Do not buy our olive oil, necessarily. Just buy an olive oil that tells you exactly when it was pressed and buy from the most recent harvest. And I've told you, the harvest's in November, so you've got a, an idea of the rhythm and when to, when to buy. Yes, an olive oil that's two, year old, two years old will not harm you at all, and it will have a flavour, and it will, be, it will be okay. But it's not the best there is. I believe there should be another classification of olive oil, and that should be premium olive oil. Go out and only buy from people like Bridget, Ismail and Serret, and small expert shops, talk to chefs who use it and who know it, eat at locations where you know they're sourcing the best. Because if no one can guide, if you can't get guidance and you can't see it on a bottle, you need to ask. You need to go to a location like this where you can ask. There are so many things to taste. We have brought uh, a tasting glass. Yeah. Should we give that a whirl? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think a lot of a lot of us are a little bit looking for a colour and maybe that can tell us something. This is a, a, an olive oil tasting glass. If you wish to become an olive oil sommelier, which a lot of people are going on courses to do, if you just want to go to a tasting, they will offer it in one of these. It's blue because colour is irrelevant. The greener it is in the supermarket means nothing. Close your eyes and use your nose. I don't know how many of you think Olive oil, extra virgin olive oil is fine. That's all I need to know, and it's going to do me good. It doesn't have a taste, really. doesn't have a flavor. doesn't doesn't... But I know, I'm, I know it's doing me good because it says extra virgin olive oil. Well, it's a fret, fresh fruit juice. It, it would be bursting with scent and, and flavor. 
And as you suggested, it, it lifts things. My favourite, for one, on poached egg on toast or Wonderful. mixed. I love, and I do it almost daily, um, mix it with nutritional yeast on salad. It's a stunning combination. Uh, it will lift the flavours of steamed vegetables, meats that you've already cooked. It's got that quality. So what I'm basically doing is warming it in my hand a little. It's got a little glass lid on the top. I lift that, I stick my nose in, and I take a big whiff. And you can go first, Itamar, and then pass it on if you want. I'd love to. Okay, you got it? And this, it's important to say this is the warmest this oil has gotten so far. Cause, Good. Because heat yes. doesn't, doesn't agree with olive oil at all. Very oh, salient wow. point. Wow. If you have... If you have olive oil, store it in a dark, cool place until you need it. Decant it into a smaller container and have that at the heart of your table. And it will preserve it. It does not like heat. But you don't want anything that's been exposed to a lot of light or air. So, supermarket olive oil? I shouldn't be too rude, should I? Because I'm... <laughs> I should not. No, I should not. Because, you know, it's, life goes on. You know, if you are a little bit geeky about about your ingredients, there is, you know, such a joy in in going somewhere, trying all the different things, and how different, you know, varieties will be, and how they would complement different things. Mm. I think there's great pleasure in that. That is, you know, again, not not to badmouth anyone or anything, but I don't think they can be had any other way. So for me, it's not a chore. How did you find that being an olive oil maker and a producer? affected you as a person and, and your relationship around where you live? I took a lot of time to slow down. I was chasing deadlines and being in the nature and being in the trees and the rhythm of farming where we are is quite different to what I remembered from my youth and Maggie's father, David Whitman's farming approach in England. It's just different. We've learned a great deal, not only from people in the Priorat, the farmers there, but from the people who've come to join us. Something that you talked about time and table, and this is the core of it, and family, and those very happy years early on when we indulged ourselves with all the, no electronics, cooking outside, because we had nowhere else to cook, actually, on open fires and things. The people of the villages, we sit down together, hundreds of people, four or five times a year in the village. It's part of the rhythm of life. People communicate across generations. We all know instinctively that it's a good vibe at the table because you can resolve, laugh, share, communicate, whatever it is. But they do it as a matter of course. And that is a, that is a, that is a life changer in this, in this crazy world where we are, there's so much noise coming at us and so much negativity, but actually it detracts from the local and, the, and our own homes and our table and our communities. If we can get back to the table literally more and more it will bring more securities i see that we see that we live that and we witness it actually more than we, we arrived and witnessed it within this time capsule county where we live communities are very sure footed there's a lot going on in the world they're not immune to it we most certainly are not but they're quite secure in themselves the young people will cross the street to hug their grandmothers in front of their friends without blinking an eye because everybody communicates all the time. And I think food 
the table is the fundamental reason why. I've had long enough to study it and look at them and share with them and sit at the tables. And then things, good things always come of it. Every time we sit with our friends in the village, something good, you know, whether we start talking about Barcelona Football Club or, or there's a problem, there's a serious problem, it usually gets resolved and people are together. And it's a good excuse to be together. And it's humbling, actually, when I look at their culture and the lesson of the table and giving it time and giving food time. It just reminds us that we, we, we won't compromise. Tell well, us about well, the hub system. I will tell you two things. If you wish to buy a 500ml bottle of our olive oil, one or two or three or four, the only place you can do that in London is here. Um, if you wish to get into it big time, we have a system whereby... Maggie was in classical music. We have a hub, a group of, of musicians at the Royal Opera House. They buy together, so they all go home with them. And, and that mm, cuts back on the transport impact. Yeah. One person, one home receives, and that's another way of sharing and talking about food and maybe cooking together. And I think actually this is, like what we said, bringing that kind of village, community feel centered around olive oil but bringing it so much further than the priorat bringing it to us in london or you know wherever you may land i don't i you know we're talking about it's when we're talking about the priorat i always generally believe it's very much a a mediterranean thing and i i feel sure in many countries around the world there is the same yeah principle of table it's just how we can get back to it in the f- crushing fast first world, if that's the right word, where we're all chasing our tails. But it can be a window box, it can be a small back garden, but if you spend time in close to nature already, a public park, it's, it's well-being, you know? It's a very good, good quote that I heard recently, that we don't go out to nature, we go back to nature, or go home to nature. I need to check. Anyway. <laughs> we have made our sesame bread, which is always uh, after we bake it we brush it with salted olive oil so you can really taste Martin and Maggie's oil in that but also in everything else that we've done of course that's a major feature we have a tomato and citrus salad that I find with the albacino oil works so well with citrus I think uh, we have a, a Turkish dish called Zeytanyulu which is uh, artichokes potatoes and beans cooked in olive oil and herbs and we've made little olive oil and pie nut cakes. So you're going to try olive oil in every type, shape and form. We didn't really have time to expand on the details of this, of this journey from Norfolk to Priorat, but uh, thankfully Martin has wrote a book about it. Uh, guys, please, please, please give a big hand to Martin here. Maggie's there at the back. A big hand to Maggie as well. Thanks so much for listening to our latest episode. If you'd like to join one of the next talks, please follow us on social media at Honey & Co or go on our website, honeyandco.co.uk. We would really appreciate if you took some time and rated us at iTunes, only five stars, please. With a huge thanks to Hester Kant for producing and the music is by the lovely Alice Russell. Thanks for listening. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.